Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM digital three cr.org.au. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. And thanks to, if you're listening for those listening on a Sunday, thanks to the crew from Out of the Blue, diving deep for the marine news, as they do every Sunday from eleven thirty until noon. Opened up today with Marie Wilson from the I'm gonna call it a classic, the real life album. And won't keep a good girl down. And we're playing all women's music today because we're not going to have women kept down. We're not going to have women kept out of parks. Sorry, that's a fail uh, on someone's part, on a lot of few people's part. So we're um, having some women who are going to stand up for themselves as part of the music today. Equally important, though, long-scheduled guest um, who is in today to talk about equality because he is from the Australian Quality Party. Um, Jason, and you've been in before. Welcome back. Thanks, Sally. It's always good to be here. Yeah. So the Australian Equality Party, let's just um, very quickly recap. Um, where did it start? What does it do? So about a year and a half ago, some friends and I decided we needed an independent voice inside the federal parliament for people of diverse sexuality and gender. Mm-hmm. And that idea was September a year and a half ago. Yep. We then launched the idea at Pride a year ago, fourteen, yeah. Um, registered the party in April, and that was processed by October last year. And in that, over that time, we then spent twelve months, um, and I'm still digesting it actually, but twelve months putting together what needs to happen for people of diverse sexuality and gender to be equal and mm. fully included in Australian society. Policy strategy, which we launched last month. Now I can't believe it's March. Um, well, yeah. At Pride, first of Feb, yes. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, yeah, it's been crazy, and we've been you know, doing some fundraising and um, further grassroots community building and, and getting ourselves ready for an election next year where I'll run as a Senate candidate, but there's a chance there might be an election this year. Well, um, trying to predict Australian federal politics at the moment, um, I think we could say break out the tea leaves or something. No, I need a- some, um, someone with some divine... Um, guidance to let us know when it's going to be but it's our plan obviously originally it should be between march and october next year yeah that's the of course the likely plan um so you're you're prepared um what is it um the more prepared one is the more flexible they can be as the saying goes but you're prepared because your policy at equality.org.au slash policy was released on pride march this year first of feb and well i've got to say it's um a pretty comprehensive document with um, 20 sections or chapters, if you like. Um, naturally, I, ha- I have to di- dive into Chapter 9, um, ensuring equality for bisexual, trans and intersex mm-hmm. Australians, so in terms of sexual orientation, gender identity, and we'll say intersex status slash body diversity. Um, and um, let's have a chat about that. What are some of the things that, as, as, you, as you and the, the AEP crew did... 
the policy that you you came up with in this in this area that, as my dear friend James from Bisexual Alliance calls that bit of the community, BIT. Um, <laughs> what came out for you and the AEP team? Oh, look, there were. What came out is that you know it's in regards to um, bisexual, trans, and intersex Australians. It, it um, there's been lots of good changes, as you know, mm-hmm. but it's not filtered all the way down through every organisation. So whether it's in a health setting or an education setting, um, the people on the ground who are living their life day to day are still not necessarily mm-hmm. getting treated the way they need to be treated. For example, um, I was just sharing with um, Michelle yesterday and she was saying how in changing her name, mm-hmm. she's got the certificate changed, but yep. she's now – there are lots of places like the tax office where there's no they, – they won't just change her name. She has to get further letters and further things from doctors and things and it's been really difficult for her. And I, um, I personally don't understand that, but it's been a rigmarole that she shouldn't have to go through. I'm well, yeah. To- well, t- two things. First of all, totally agree that if you've changed your name at a birth certificate level on state at state slash territory level, that's enough. And second, I don't understand why that. I agree. Why wouldn't the tax department want more? And there is a precedent that Vic Rhodes used to stuff it up and say, "Well, we want um, not only your new birth certificate, but if you've had surgery, we want the letters of." Surgery from your doctor now. If you've already given them to birth, deaths, and marriages, why does a government, another government department, need them? Because she has some cards that say Mister Michelle. Oh, and she, you know, that causes confusion when she deals with different organisations. Then, which doesn't need to be the case. To- totally, yeah. I, I hope that that can be worked out amicably. But I've got to say, off the top of my head, it sounds like a blatant clash with the Federal Sex Discrimination Act. But you're totally right. This is the sort so on of... On the thing. ground is where the issues are. It's not yeah. that um, the laws haven't mm. sort of fixed themselves up in some places and there's still more to go. Yeah. The, I mean, the forced divorce thing is disgraceful. So, well, there, there's another one. It's disgraceful. Mm. I just don't understand how you can... You, you would actually have to divorce the person you've been married to because you're not opposite gender anymore, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, or you've got to stay... On legal forms, opposite gender when you're not, you know, um, that for the trans per, trans slash gender diverse person isn't. So yeah, totally. And I was having um, lunch with the stand up group at a school out in the northwest yeah. suburbs. I won't say who they are. Cause I want to. I don't want to bring um, the, this person's privacy into question. But they um, had there's thirteen or fourteen of them in a year and a half. They've gone from like four or five kids to thirteen, fourteen kids, and half of them are straight kids who want to be allies. And I asked them. Um, so who have, you, who have you here identify as you know lesbian or gay or trans or intersex or whatever? And three at the start identified as bisexual or lesbian or gay. Mm-hmm. But by the end of that hour and a bit we had together, two of them, so one boy, I won't say his name, he said publicly to the group that he wanted to be known as his female name. Mm-hmm. Burst into tears and everyone was just kind of you know gobsmacked in a good way for him. And then another girl who wants to transition to a boy was able to also express, you know, these are 16-year-old young people. Um, And it was just mind-blowing. This school has, in a year and a half, gone from saying we want a safe place for kids of diverse sexuality and gender, and it's a religious school. Oh, wow. um, Private school. And now they've... The lid, they were talking about how they knew there's going to be some gender things because, you know, um, when the, the lesbian girls wanted to wear a suit to the formal next year mm-hmm. and, and they've always had a tradition that they wear dresses, the girls, mm-hmm. and they were thinking, oh, well, they've got to change stuff for next year and make sure there's, you know, but actually now 
the kids have gone, okay, this is a, a safe place. I'm actually transitioning from a boy to a girl, and I'd mm. like to be called. I won't say her name because I don't want just in case. And the kids are like fantastic, and so they're going to. And it's just the 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 leadership of the school, which are all very fantastic, three fantastic people, um, will embrace that now, and they've got to jump into what's for them uncharted territory. But it's going to make the health and well-being of oh, totally. those two students and other unnamed students and students that aren't so brave extraordinary. I, I was so jealous. If I could have been 16 again and sat in that room with these gender-diverse students and been embraced for who I was just as a gay boy, I don't know. I can't imagine what that would have been like. I just, it, it just, I blew my head off and I was just sitting there just gobsmacked in a good way and thrilled to bits at the leadership of that school get it and we'll mm. make it a safe beautiful place for these young people yeah look there's so there's so many things in what um what in that story uh, a squillion things i mean first of all that there's the support that someone was feeling stressed and they were supported at that meeting that people are able to affirm i want to check was it a private school that was religious or not religious it was religious. anglican school an anglican school yeah. so this is, I think, you know, that's very important to hear um, because, you know, yes, we've got the government schools have to comply with equal opportunity law, but religious schools may, may underline, inverted commas, 48 font, choose to be ex- exempt themselves. But they're saying, no, we, you know, we realise that, you know, GLBTI um, young people have just as much right to a safe place and a quality of education as heterosexual, cisgender, body expected kids. Yep. And they've so, embraced the Safe Schools Coalition. Yeah. And you, you know, you've had that, that WA politician saying how it's some big agenda thing. That, oh. you know, it's just terrible. And yet it's Safe Schools Coalition is amazing. And when, mm. when leaders at schools actually implement it, it suddenly opens up, takes a lid off. Yeah. And suddenly these kids come up out of the woodwork and they realise they can be visible and just be themselves. I, you know, obviously you and I have had different mm. experiences, but I – but to imagine being 16 and being in that group. Mm. Well, look, I, to- I totally agree. And there's there's a few things that come out of this. I suppose my own school experience, I mean, I went to an all-boys school. So did I. Oh, God, you too. <laughs> I suppose the thing for me is it, I couldn't have transitioned there, but there was also a, a particular factor which I've never got around to checking the full detail on this. I did get some sort of academic scholarship at about grade four, and apparently it was a condition that if I left at any time, my parents would have had to pay all the back fees they wouldn't have paid. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I have never checked it with them. But, you know, let's say I had begun to come out, which, of course, I had no hope of in the 1970s. Um, you know, I just think that would have been emotional blackmail against my health and well-being, against the duty of care to students, um, that if that had been the case, that they would have had to pay that. So a very interesting experience, but let's say that particular aspect of my journey aside, I do often ask myself, gee, what would it have been like to transition early and live more of my life as female? Um, and I, so I totally get where you're coming from. This, this boy at 16 is going to be able to do that. Yeah. And and I, and I he's a handsome boy too. Like you just think, well, he's going to be a beautiful girl. Like is this, when I haven't seen him as, as female. Present as femme, yeah. Because he's at um, school. But he will at some point very soon be able to, we'll start coming to school as female and bless him, I was so proud and felt so you're so brave and yet this these kids 
were just so supportive and so in the right mental space to make it a safe place for him yep. to, as, as her. Um, I just can't say the name. I, I want to tell you the name because it's so great. Yeah. Just, I just, oh, I well, let, let's say, um, um, pretend the name was Samantha when it wasn't or something yeah, like and, that. And, and, and now, so <laughs> Michael's becoming, you know, Sarah and it's, um, and Sarah's just beautiful and Sarah just wanted to, just wants to be themselves, you know? Yeah, which is every, and there's no, every human th- being's wish. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with her. Of course. Yeah. Well, there's still lots. I've got about a million topics going through my head. I'm going to go keep going because there's so many things that came out of that, um, that the conversation we're having, um, one of which is there does seem to be, or there, clearly there is a generational shift in attitudes and there's a generational shift in how people are identifying, for example, and I'm thinking of the From Blues to Rainbows research that came out last year, which showed 61% of young trans and gender diverse people identified using terms like bi, pan and queer for their sexual orientation. Now, that's very different, it would seem, to previous generations where largely there was a focus on gay and lesbian. I want to come back to the policy. How how does that work when you're trying to put a policy together that is trying to cover everyone? (laughs) It's very difficult. We, I mean, we went back even pre-policy when we formed the party. We were trying to work out so what labels we're going to use. Mm. Where we we knew we couldn't be the gay and lesbian party. Yeah. And then it was like, do we are we the the you know we started I think with GLBTIQ after three months mm. of research and discussion just to start with that, and we thought the queer covers mm. everything else. That's you know the P and your A and yeah. But we found that. First of all, we had to switch the L first. Mm-hmm. That was a far more feminist, progressive way than yep. to have the G first. And we also found that some people don't like the Q and other people like the Q and other people wanted to have P added and, and A added, pansexual and asexual. Mm. Um, and it was really difficult. So, But and there's other people, and I've sat, I was up in, the, in Country Vic last year with another group of sexually diverse young people, mm-hmm. gender diverse young people, and they, in fact, I couldn't tell. So there were, 12 of them and half of them people. I couldn't tell whether they were male or female it didn't mm. matter yeah. it was an amazing group of people and they're all in the country of Victoria and they gather together and take care of each other but they don't want to be labelled at all yes so which is fine so and I look forward to the day that we're no longer labelled as something because it just should be just you're Sally and you're beautiful and I'm Jason and I'm maybe not so beautiful but I'm still okay <laughs> I'll stop it and no no Flattery but, no, no, but the point <laughs> is and that's who you are and you're you're defined by who you are as a person and yeah. and the things that you do but we but having said that I still think it's if we didn't do LGBTIQ mm. And I don't think other people were doing Q so much, but we think that was really important. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't cover everyone. Yeah. And people have the right to assign their own definitions to their own self. Of so, And so we respect that. So, I, And even in, as so I've learned amongst the tra- trans community is that there are people who identify as trans who disagree vehemently with other people who identify with trans. Mm. And even take pot shots at each other, and mm. which is very distressing because I think it's not helpful. Mm-hmm. But it, it's um, because of their everyone's defined differently. You know whether you've actually had surgery or not had surgery or other issues. And I, however, I, I've for me my view, you can define and affirm yourself whoever you, however you wish, and mm-hmm. I celebrate that. And whatever label you wish to use or not wish to use has my congratulations and as a party we have just said we 
want to be to represent everyone who votes for us and every one of our stakeholders on the LGBTIQ spectrum and P and A and any other letters we want to have the whole alphabet there we can but because it's and we will you know if there's a policy area or something comes up and it affects one of those areas of stakeholderhood we will actually approach them directly and make sure that there is direct input about what is best yeah practice and what you know because I for example me I'm the face but I don't know everything um, someone who is trans knows exactly their perspective and their perspective is what needs to be heard. And we've got it set up in a way that hopefully um, there is clear communication between both parties and we can make sure that we represent people of diverse sexuality and gender, whatever they are on the spectrum. But it, I don't know. Do do The labels thing, it irritates me as much as it empowers me. Like mm. I, I get onto secular, onto 3AW or whatever and I, and, I'm, and I use the phrase LGBTI and then we define it and I think to the heterosexual audience, or the, um, it's great because it defi- even though they go, "What are all these letters about?" But you sort of have to just—it's an education thing. And I think yes. even in the policy strategy, one of the things that's missing is there's a lack of education. So, how many safe GPs are there for a trans person to go to? Mm-hmm. There aren't many, are there? Virtually, yeah. Well, the last time I looked at Zoe Bell Gender Centre's website at gendercentre.com, I must admit it's a couple of years, there are only about 21 counselling types in Victoria, and that's not good enough. It's and most enough. of them are, of course, in what, in the Latte Belt area and Pran, Northcote, etc. So that's no good if you're in Moorlbark or Melton, let alone Malakuta or Mildura. And so, yes, we need to get health professionals of all sorts, and you, you touched on that earlier as well. That was another thing that came out of it, and... You know, the the fact is that we've got this issue at the moment where there is an out-of-pocket cost for trans people needing surgery. Trans women estimated at around 15 grand Australian. That's discrimination. There's really no other excuse for it. It is not about health care or risk or anything like that, the bunkum excuses from 20 years ago. It's plain and plain discrimination. But to be fair, some health professionals um, also need educating. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, mm. and even, I mean... We, I think we've called it a we want a, a gender and sexuality commissioner. Yes. Something, so government should have because right now we're sort of covered under some other areas, mm. but nothing happens. So we actually need someone stand alone that says this is my role, and that their job is then to make sure that, say in the health area, that there is um, appropriate professional development and education happening right through to the local GP out in Malakuta. Yep. So that. If there's a um, gender diverse person growing up in Malakuta, they should have a doctor that they can go to. Yep, and not have to be worried about anything. That's right. And man. and if that doctor may doesn't have to be an expert on everything, but they can refer then to say be the first, really good first point of call and not freak out because sixteen um, year old Jim wants to become Sarah. Mm. Um, and not give the wrong advice and hurt that person. Well, totally, and that is you know, very much what's happening at the moment as trans and gender diverse people are very much aware of. We've actually just had a huge study released by Curtin University in Western Australia on trans adults in the last couple of weeks, which I haven't had a chance to memorise well, yet. Can you send that to me when you're done? Yep. I'd like to read. It's now. I should add, there's a direct link now on Beyond Blue's okay. website um, to <laughs> the first ever trans mental health study, I think is what it is off the top of my head, which I'd... Highly commended. No, I did put it on my Facebook page in the last few days. But, yeah, it's a huge read and it puts um, trans mental health way down the list compared to wider society because there's just a lack of 
stuff to turn to. And I also think it's part of, let's say, in inverted commas, the problem of this lateral violence that we just touched on, that people, you know, have so much stress built up and then they've got nowhere safe to bring it out and it just comes out, you know, at a understandably because these are emotional issues, but it comes out in the wrong way. And if we had more health professionals and those sorts of people, we would probably possibly at least have less. I'm not saying it's the whole solution, but, but it could but be But ima- imagine, Sally, um, I don't know how many years in the future, 50 years, 100 years in the future, that you would have this whole generation of people of diverse sexuality and gender mm. who are not damaged. Yes. So I, I don't say this in a, in a negative way, but we're all damaged. Yeah. We've all been hurt and scarred by all sorts of different things. Yeah. And some of us, we're coping well and we have good lives and I don't, you know, I, I don't feel like I've got this terrible life or anything, but I've just met so many people and we've all got these scars mm-hmm. and it's affected who we are and, and that's why some of this lateral violence that happens as a result of that. But I imagine a generation, if, if we can get, there are 30 pages here yeah. of recommendations and if that was all implemented, at some point down the track, you'd have this whole generation of healthy, well-adjusted people mm. um, with the same opportunities and same inclusion as, as a non-LGBTIQ mm-hmm. person. And it'd be, I just can't imagine what that would be like. To, to grow up, even for me, to, to, to have been seven or eight or ten and to grow up thinking, I'm okay. Yeah. And I can be married or have a family or not be married and have a family or if you know, if I was and wanted to affirm my gender as female, I could do that. And people would still love me the same. Oh look, totally. I think and there's a couple of points that come out of what you've said. Um we can get little two things on how we can get glimpses of that imagination. I look at people like Lana Wachowski, one of the two co director, producer, creators of the films like The Matrix and Cloud Atlas, those sorts of things. Um, there's an example of transgenius and creativity that where someone has been able to get on with their life, they flourish. And there's plenty of others around. And, I mean, we saw, well, many years ago, we saw the sad story of what happened to Alan Turing um, and how he didn't wasn't allowed to flourish. So, yes, we can imagine it. But also I, I am getting a few little proverbial swallows at the start of a summer. It's great to hear young five-year-old people who let's say ask their parents, hey, mummy, your female friend who's in a relationship with a female, why can't they walk down the street holding hands together? And you get that sort of sense of, wow, okay, there are people saying those things because they haven't had the pre-gener... haven't listened to the BS of previous... wrong B, of previous generations. So we're getting those glimpses and we need to keep, you know, visualising more of it, which I think is a really good start. Yeah, and I was on the bus with another parent on a school excursion the other day with... Um, Ruben, I was sitting with his parent all the way there and she said, and Ruben and her son are good friends, mm-hmm. she said, I want to tell you this story and she's a straight lady Yeah, she said, my son came home and said you know, one day um, Ruben and I are going to um, rent an apartment together, we're going to become scientists and um, do some other things and we'll get married and have our children and it was just this beautiful thing that this boy was just as a nine year old if I want to marry Ruben, I can. If I want to marry Sarah, I can. And it was just this beautiful thing. And the, and the mother was just like, I want to tell you this beautiful story. Mm. And I said, well, um, sadly, my son is probably heterosexual. He seems to be enamored by beautiful women. <laughs> so that may not work on his side. She was like, oh. She was <laughs> oh look. But it was just this nice thing that um, I was quite – this last week has blown me away really in many ways. But I just was – wow. This, Yes, of course. 
and how beautiful that they're thinking about their lives in the future as nine-year-olds. And it was just nice. Yeah. And it was not, you know, heteronormative. Yeah, we are beginning to get little trickles of that, and that's good to see. And but I, I th- and I think at the same time we do always need to acknowledge what our our elders and seniors, like say like Noel Tovey, for example, yeah, I love have been Noel's through. Friend. Um, and sort of meet, so this intergenerational things an issue, and I, and I will say just with tongue wedged firmly in cheek, you know, some of my best friends are heterosexual. It's okay if Ruben wants to be attracted to women. <laughs> that's right, I know, but it's, he's going to come out to us one day as the opposite, and it's going to be like, <laughs> yeah. oh. Mm. Sad about that. All right. Tell you what we'll do. Um, just so we can collect our thoughts, and also I forgot to mention that if people want to get in touch with the show, they can, out of the pan855 at gmail.com, text 61401 078981, um, Facebook, Sally Goldner or 3CR, out of the pan855am Melbourne, or tweet at Sal So let's have a bit of, a bit of music. Um, let's have, um, well, in line with today's theme, music theme of Powerful Women, um, Chrissy Amphlett, and well, I couldn't have planned this better um, in my life. 3CR 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally. And- Yasas, Yasu, and hello. This is Vasilios Papayuano from 3CR Monday Greek Show, where we talk politics, music from Greece, and all the community around. But did you know we also talk? gardening. So, for the gardening information, tips, and discussion in Greek, join me on my show, Monday Greek. Every Monday evening from 8 o'clock, right here on 3 Bisexual Alliance is a non-profit organisation dedicated to raising awareness and supporting people who are bisexual, people who are multi-gender attracted, their partners and their families. Bisexual Alliance runs several monthly discussion groups in and outside of Melbourne to offer support, a safe space to chat about your experiences and to explore others' experience of multi-gender attraction. These groups are for bisexuals, those who are questioning and their loved ones. For more information, visit bi-alliance.org or email Info at by-alliance.org. Did that without moving my lips. 3CR, 855 AM, digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally and guest Jason Twazon McSheen. And, um, yeah, it's by coincidence, Bisexual Alliance has its Melbourne discussion group this coming Tuesday at the Parkview. Um, be there, 7.15 for 7.30. Um, Jason, there's so much, we've, there's just a million things we've, we can discuss here. Um, and we touched on so much of them before Before in the first part of the show, um, lateral violence, um, generational differences. But um, it's good to see there's a section in here on LGBTIQ Australians in the sex industry. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. So, um, you know, I'm looking at the, that part of the policy, section 13 here, um, and that begins the AEP is committed to the human rights of people who engage in sex work. Tell us about a little bit about the background of how that bit came about, because it's not often discussed, and um, how you've managed to get to well the four sections that are listed here. Well, we we met with appropriate people, so we met yep. with Red, we yep. met with Southern Health Alliance. Um, I don't even know who else. The, I met with them personally myself, but the the team met with a whole stack of different people, and I mean, I was even I was up in Sydney with Nick Hollis recently, mm-hmm. the HIV activist and yeah. sex worker and stuff. And it just it's um, 
And they said to me, you know, I remember Red said to me, we know this is not going to be the front page of your policy document. And I actually said to them, well, actually, it can be the front page. I don't, it's, it's just as valid an area of need as anyone else. And that was a bit shocked. And I said, no, because, you know, I, I'm, even just, you know, to use the phrase sex work is appropriate. Mm. Um, people have the right to um, determine how they wish to lead their lives and self-determine their lives. And I think that comes through our entire document. And so if someone is empowered and, and is fantastically happy to be a sex worker, yeah, good on them. Yeah. And they should have a safe workplace to work in. Yeah. And they should not be discriminated against and they should be have the same occupational health and safety provisions, if you like, and be supported as a legitimate part of society and not have shame attached to that and not have any you know, shame attached to that. Well, to- totally. And a safe workplace is a critical thing. Anyone in an office, anyone in a factory has at least the right to that or to strive mm. towards it. And someone working in the sex industry, whether it's, let's say, in their own premises or on someone else's, same thing. It's still work. And so it's really good to see that. And um, and it sounds so simple when you just say it like this, but yeah. it, the reality is it's not the case. Yeah. And there's a, it's a lot of stigma. Mm. And, um, you know, I choose to have a monogamous or non-legally married family construction. Yeah. And that's my choice. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like... I am being put down for for being that way. <laughs> it's been a few times I've had conversations and they're like trying to make me feel like, well, you're the minority. If I'm the minority, that's fine. I don't care. If someone wants to be a sex worker or someone wants to have uh, polyamorous mm-hmm. set up for relationships, if someone wants to, um, you know, whatever people choose to do with their sexuality and their sexual expression is mm-hmm. up to them. Yeah. As long, I, I mean, the caveats are, you know, I, for me, I guess there are laws in place around children, which yeah. is appropriate, and yes. there's laws around rape, which is appropriate, yeah. um, and consent is really important. Of course. Um, obviously, these things, and I probably don't even, shouldn't have to qualify it with that, but that's, you know, they're, they're, they're there in place and for everybody. Mm. If you're a heterosexual person right now, there are, you can do lots of things and have... And you're supported in doing those things. Yeah. If you're a person of diverse sexuality and gender, you may not have those same uh, protections, particularly in regards to when it comes to you know sex work. It's um, yeah, there's some needs there, and they need to be um, acknowledged and they need totally. to be championed. Yeah. Oh, look, look, agreed. It comes back to you know if you're being honest with yourself and at least not harming anyone else, then you've got a right to live your life. And preferably, as a long-time friend of mine says, it's nice to be nice, so be nice as well. Absolutely. Um, but I, I wanted to clarify, when you say people, I think you said they are saying to you, talking wider societies are criticising who you are. No, some no gay LGBTI people. Oh. I've sat with some, and they've just sort of said, you know, because I present, I'm just being me, right? Yeah. So I, I'm this, what, white average-looking man who's mm-hmm, married to mm-hmm. a man and, and has a child. Um, and I've, I've chosen, you know, I've been with, we had our 15th anniversary on Wednesday and went yes. to Kylie and she performed just for us, of course, but, um, <laughs> um, along with 12,000 other people. Yeah. But it just, it was, and it's, it's, my, it's my life, right? And I'm happy in my life and it brings me satisfaction and it's good for me. Um, and someone was saying to me, oh, but you're, that's the minority, you know, everyone, blah, 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 blah. And that's fine if, if, if everyone wants, if, if, if all gay men like to have open relationships, great. I don't think all do. Mm. Um, I think there are a lot of straight people who'd like to have open relationships, but the social constructs don't allow them to do yep. it. Um, 
I love the fact that we as LGBTI people um, negotiate our relationships maybe a little bit more yeah. honestly than, than some do. Yeah. And I think that's really healthy. I don't know. It's just every, I mean, if I answered your question, I don't know, Sally, if I did. Yeah. No, I wasn't quite uh, – no, my question was about what they meant. <laughs> and I honestly didn't really know. No, I think – well, he was asking to clarify. I was just sort of yeah. saying to I, like there's sort of a pressure on me that maybe I'm being naive and conservative in my sexual expression, mm. but I don't think I am. No, well, uh, um, but my, well, I don't. I was going to say I don't know. Maybe, maybe you are being conservative. But the point is, again, if you're being honest with yourself and not harming anyone else, then it doesn't matter whether it's conservative, pre- progressive, or all points around and in between. And as you said, your your relationship with your partner is safe and consensual which is good communication, which any form of relationship, not just intimate ones, but work relationships, family relationships, um, housemate relationships would do well to adopt sometimes. So um, very much. Um, It sounds like that's a good relationship. And I I feel saddened that there's been, there's judgment going on with that. I I agree, we need to get away from judgment on the basis of any form of, I'll say attribute or even sub-attribute, and look at things on their merits. Um, you know, I think sometimes there's age prejudice both ways within this neck of the yes, woods as well. as well. You know, people say, oh, the Aldis don't know what they're talking about. And then I've heard older people say, these young people aren't respectful and I feel like I want to do a head desk. Well, there's lots we can learn from each other on its merits. And, yeah, I think we're, we're on to something um, with, this, with this issue and I wish we had more time left to discuss it. Um, I suppose I do want to say, where to next for the AEP, the Australian Equality Party? What are the future goals? Um, you know, we have an election due, well, roughly by about September next year, although, God forbid, when I looked up a Wikipedia article, it could go, we could, it could be dragged out to as late as January 2017 by some technical means, which, um, well... Between makes, March and December is when it should be. Yeah, give or take. Up Unless or they down. want to go early this year, which is possible. Well... Um, I think they want to hang... Did I say the Liberals would like to hang on to power? I didn't say that. But um, anyway, let's leave bias aside. What, you know, what would the Australian... What is the Australian Equality Party planning to do um, at the next federal election when it happens, we'll say, given it's likely likely next year? Um, what are the aims? How is it going to set about achieving them? And how can a punter who wants to help the AEP get involved, perhaps? Okay, so our aim is to have one senator elected next year. Mm-hmm. And that's me. That's I'm, I'm the candidate. But we, and I understand that that's never happened before, that someone, that a party's gone from nothing to elected except for Clive Palmer, who did it with his $28 million. Yeah. Um, um, probably but a lot think, of our listeners would say don't compete. No, no, we're not, not probably, <laughs> no, no, but we actually think we're a real chance. I think we, you could be, and, yeah. um And we... We're, everything we do is around that goal now. So we, we've launched our policy strategy. We're going to um, tell stories around that policy strategy mm-hmm. over the next 12 months. Um, we're going to do some One Direction advertising to friends and family of LGBTI people this year, which we've got some funds aside for that. We're going to put together our campaign strategy. We have to work out our preference deals. And we have to make sure we raise as much money as possible to have as much impact as possible because our core values and our aims are um people love this is you know we we Mm. are an authentic party we are not lying or 
trying to sell something that's rubbish. We're actually centrist, um, which is also very important, and we um, are fully inclusive. So everybody's voice is valuable and valid, even if we disagree. Yeah. And that's okay. And, and, that's and, cool. and we're going to model that. So we, we've we got um, – we're planning a, what we're calling – I don't know if this is the final phrase for it, but it'll be a QQ&A in, in probably August – Q Q and A. Yeah, so we want to have some some key LGBTI people that um, I've managed to bump into over the last year and a half who polarise people sometimes as well, and we want to get them on stage and have an audience of three hundred people and ask questions, and you can ask anything you want, and we'll do it in a safe way because mm-hmm. we're not we can't have lateral violence. It's yeah. not it's not appropriate. But so we'll agree to disagree. But it'll be really good to have people from all over the spectrum in the same room um, and being able to be asked any question they'd like to from, from someone else from the community. So we're pretty excited about that because I think that might be a pretty fun event and a pretty engaging event. Mm. And that's almost con- fully confirmed. And we've got – we're going to have our next fundraiser out in the northern suburbs sometime over the winter. And we've got um, just things in place to where we want to engage people. So we just want to make sure – that people have an opportunity to ask. And the queue means queer, but it also means asking the question. Okay. And that's what politics is. We yep. need to ask the questions of each other and not, you know, and make a, a, a vote, vote next year with some intelligence. Yeah. And some thought. Yeah. Which leads, I suppose, to a question um, how will the Senate um, flow of um, well, I suppose preferences on the AEP ticket be worked out. Well, so, first of all, I forget to say, if you want to join or yes. get on our newsletter, go to equality.org.au. Mm-hmm. It's all there. You can read the policy strategy and it'll take you a while. Yep. Have not, a coffee. Yeah, yep, have a coffee. And um, our aims and objectives, etc. cetera. Um, but when it comes to preferences, we will be as clean as we can possibly be. So um, there'll be a third that will preference highly a third that we won't have an opinion about and a third that we won't preference highly at all. Mm-hmm. And if that means we don't get in, so be it. You'll do it the right way rather than not at all. Absolutely. Look, I, I, we, we cannot have one nation, family first, rise up Australia in our top third. Yeah. Or our middle third. Mm. Yeah, pity I pet- just can't. I, I don't care. I, I do care. I, it would make me sick to the stomach if one of them were elected because of our preferences. Cool. Well, that's. I think if I've got one quote out of today, that'll be one I'll use. Seriously, I think that is very welcome to hear. That you know, there's some, you know, there's good and bad in all political parties, which we agree to disagree with. But they've made some. Some of them have made some clunker preference decisions over time in terms of those things. So. It's good to hear that um, principle. Well, they don't, you know, basically, it's against our principles. So if they don't stand for our principles, and those parties certainly don't, mm. they cannot be preference highly. Yep. Yeah. I'd rather lose. Yep. Cool. All right. Let's have a break. I just want to, I've got a couple of um, messages to play. Um, then come back. I just want to run through the things that are happening. Then we'll wrap it up. Um, we said we were going to do one or two segments and we've gone with the whole show, but there's so much to discuss, which is awesome. So let's just have a quick breather and um, then come back and tie up out of the pan on 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally. 
dum da 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 dum da 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 bum 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 bum. Hi, I'm Rod Quantock, and you're listening to fill in the dots. You know who you're listening to. Why do I have to tell you who you're listening to? You know who you're listening to. You're listening to yes, fill in the. 3CR Community Radio, you got it right, you've won a giraffe. Uh, we're at 855am, we're on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. 3CR has been making trouble since 1976 and occasionally I've been part of the trouble that's been made. It's a vital part of our uh, media landscape and I'd encourage you to get a hacksaw, an oxyacetylene torch and go up to the Dandenongs and, and bring down all those broadcast towers that aren't 3CR's towers And let's make 3CR the only source of information to an information-starved, dumbed-down Australian community. Written, authorised and spoken by Neil Mitchell. Did you miss the latest episode of your favourite 3CR show? Visit 3CR's new improved website. Now you can listen to the latest episode of almost every 3CR show with one click including music, arts, community languages, current affairs and more. No need to podcast, no need to download. Visit 3CR's website, 3cr.org.au. Then go to your favourite programs page to listen. 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au. Guest is Jason Twazon McSheen from the Australian Equality Party. Gosh, week. Um, we could cut into freedom of species, but they'd be very, very annoyed. So we better start wrapping it up. I just want to mention some of the things that um, are happening in um, the next week coming up. If, for those listening, on a Sunday, FTM Shed is on this Sunday afternoon in Carlton. Check out um, Trans Shed Boys, um, which is their website. And that was, of course, the result of a Globe grant last year. Got on your Globe. Globe grants are open again this year. So if you've got something you think you could do with a thousand buckaroopoos, um, look at Globe's website. Um, as mentioned earlier, the Buy Discussion Group's on at the Parkview this Tuesday, the fourth Tuesday of the month. The fourth, not the last. Fourth, not the last. Um, well, that universal calendar design could have been better, but that's how it went. Um, Bent TV, of course, now on Fridays, um, and that's at your place. But of course, check out benttv.org.au or their YouTube channel for the Kingsters on Friday night. Provocation at Getty's Bar in the city. Next Saturday is the Trans and Gender Diverse um, Anxiety Discussion and Support Group for trans and gender diverse people, whether the anxiety or depression is about trans or about you're just a trans person who experiences it. doesn't matter. Come rock along to Carlton for an 11 o'clock start. And then Trans Family, also at Carlton, um, is on Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock. And then next Sunday, the 29th, which is the last Sunday, the fi- one, a fifth one, the Polysocial at Palookaville, so a big week. Um, lots of things coming up. There's the Lesbian, Bi and Queer Women's Conference this Friday at um, Jasper Hotel, which is a, a sell, um, sold out. Um, so lots of workshops and stuff going on there. And, of course, um, if you've got the coffee this afternoon and you want to present something at Health Indifference, which is on the 13th to the 15th of August, I think you've got to get your submissions in pretty quickly. Check out the LGBTI Health Alliance's website for that one. Um, so, yeah, if, you, um, if anyone's scheduling events in August, um, don't do it on the 13th to the 15th, which I think is the middle weekend, um, because a lot of the LGBTIQ, um, well, the 
the, the paparazzi or something are heading up to Canberra for that health indifference conference, which is, I think, a major highlight of our year. Um, well, um, and also just got to say a few things about events this week. I um, had a great, uh, was on a great panel this week about navigating privilege with um, um, Clementine Ford and others. A lot of conversation about volunteerism, but also about privilege in our areas of the world. Um, and also, of course, events this week. Um, well, um, the music today, which didn't get to as much to play as much as I planned, but um, you know, sort of, I really have to say personally, I'm very saddened by the police response um, as to how they've dealt with that situation. We had in 2009 the Coming Forward report, which Christine Nixon launched, and there was the infamous quote from a police officer in there about two gay men who were being harassed by neighbours and the police officer said, well, just lock your doors. Um, and, you know, Ken Lay made a great statement about violence against women last year and now we seem to have gone, had a blip backwards. And I don't mind if someone makes a mistake, it's the way it's been reinforced. And that's really disconcerting given the police have a prejudice-motivated crime strategy. Um, of course, debate about the passing of Malcolm Fraser this week. We could debate that one all day. And as I mentioned also launch in the last couple of weeks um, on Beyond Blue's website has the Curtin University um, report on Australian trans and gender diverse mental health, which um, I'll have some um, big reading to do over Easter, I think, and um, yeah, with a, another coffee. But um, some serious issues going on um, for us trans and gender diverse health and mental health. Jason, um, a few minutes left. Um, um, that we've got, um, you know, sum, summing up the Australian Equality Party past, present, future policy, um, where, you know, we've talked about where to next, how people can get invo- involved at equality.org.au. Um, let's try to put it in a nutshell in the last couple of minutes. It's, it's basically about having an independent voice that will stand up for us. Mm. And we don't have that right now. You hear, you know, you've got other members of parliament who can say whatever they like about anything and they get a voice. They're covered because they're elected, and we don't have that. So at the end of the day, next year, we could actually have someone who actually tell our stories, agitate for us inside the parliament where they make the decisions. Yeah. And I think that's in a nutshell what we're trying to do. Yeah. Yep, um, get some change from the inside. And I think, though, uh, I suppose I'd better just say a few things for myself. You know, there are, of course, good People oh, no, of course. I don't mean GLB, GLB, just an independent voice around yeah. for us. That's yes. all. That's what I mean. I don't totally. mean, of course, they're good, but they're all yeah. in their various parties and doing their things, yeah. and they're they're un, they're a bit restricted. Yes, they're often bound by their party's constraints um, on things. There are no doubt some small L liberals who support marriage equality, but they can't speak their conscience at the moment. They're probably absolutely in a sense about being centrist. Um, yeah. you know, a big chunk of our party are right leaning persons. Yeah. So you've been able to bridge the gap. Um, and um, also, I should just disclose that technically I'm a member of the AAP, although not apart from advising on policy, not involved. And thank you to whoever sponsored me to go so that I could go to the fundraiser the other day and, um, in the words of, um, to adapt a line from the show Police Squad, um, the the pate was delicious. The meatballs were delicious. Um, anyway. And we've got, um, we're sponsoring, we've spent money on the Queer Film Festival and we've yes. got the mixed tape shorts is our session on Sunday, the 29th of March at 6pm at Sunday. ACMI. And uh, so it's all the best shorts across the whole spectrum, which is I'm pretty excited about. So um, if you've got some a couple of hours free and you want to support the film festival, come along 6pm yep. next Sunday. 
All right. Better get out of here. Make way for freedom of species. Um, take it out today with Mia Dyson from the Parking Lots album of 2005. Well, talking parks, talking about being into them. Um, let's roll out women into parks. Um, we have a right to be there. Everyone has a right to be safe on the streets, regardless of body or gender identity or gender expression. Um, Jason, thanks for your time on Pleasure, the show Sally. today. And thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Sally Goldner. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. Catch you next week.